Welcome, listeners, to The Change We Seek, a podcast from a prevention perspective. This perspective means we look at things like systems, barriers, protective factors, and risk factors, and always view these issues from a strengths-based perspective. The podcast is sponsored by the West Virginia Collegiate Strategic Prevention Framework Partnership for Success Initiative. The West Virginia CSPF PFS's goal is to prevent the onset and reduce the progression of substance misuse and its related problems among higher education students in Southern West Virginia. The federal grant was awarded by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration to Marshall University's Center of Excellence for Recovery. We hope that with our project and this podcast, we can begin to cultivate a culture of prevention on college campuses across the state. We are student leaders who will support, enhance, and build the prevention infrastructure. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are only those of the hosts and the guests. They are not the views and opinions of SAMHSA, Marshall University Research Corporation, the West Virginia Collegiate Strategic Prevention Framework Partnership for Success, and or the Participating Institute of Higher Education. Intro music is by Soundroll and the title track is Feeling Home. Now, our host. Hello, hello, everyone. I am your host, Madison Taylor, and I am the student leader at Concord University, and my co-host, Lily Boyd, will be joining me today. And today we're going to be discussing Prevention 101 and Prevention Strategies. So, Lily, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? I'd love to, Madison. So, uh, my name is Lily Boyd. I am currently a graduate student at Concord University. I graduated with my Bachelor's of Social Work in May 2021, and I'm now in the Master's of Social Work program at Concord University, and I'm also the graduate assistant for the recovery program. Awesome, Lily. Thank you so much for joining us today and for helping me out on this. So what we're talking about today is Prevention 101 and Preventative Strategies. So I think where we need to start off is there's a ton of different levels of prevention, but according to the Oxford language, this definition, prevention is the action of stopping something from happening or arising. So how do you think this applies to what we're trying to stop, like substance abuse and substance misuse? Great question, Madison. And I feel like a key component to prevention um, that relates to your uh, stated definition is like that educational component, getting information, you know, to students, to community members um, as, you know, harm, you know, reduction instead of when individuals find themselves in a full-blown recovery. Um, So for it to be prevention, it is, you know, us taking those early initiatives to address, you know, substance use disorder um, ahead of time. I couldn't agree more, Lily. (laughs) That was a great explanation. So um, I think, what do you think would be like some risk factors that would put a person more likely at developing a substance misuse disorder? Or for that matter of fact, what would you think are protective factors that kind of help people prevent substance misuse disorders. Okay, uh, 
So I have to look at this from a social worker background and social workers are strengths based. So I maybe like to start with um, the second part of your question. So, you know, protective factors that can, you know, help prevent an individual from developing a substance use disorder range, you know, impact the individual on different levels. So, of course, it's going to start with the home. Um, if that person, um, I'm not even going to say traditional, but if that person does just have um, like a loving support system at home. And then, of course, um, a lot of students don't, or a lot of students, a lot of community members don't realize how, you know, how influential the school setting is on students. So, um, without having a good academic experience, you know, kind teachers, um, meaningful relationships with peers, things like that. And then of course, um, you know, you have those other major influences such as religion, um, the media and things like that. Um, all of those when given in a positive light or when added with like the, the correct amount of love and support can all help guide, you know, an individual, a student, towards, a, you know, avoiding a, re, um, a substance use disorder. Um, but then I'm going to go further into the harm factors, which of course is, um, especially in rural West Virginia, where we live, Southern Appalachia, um, socioeconomic class impacts a lot of substance use disorder. Um, and then of course, ethnicity and race and uh, level of educational attainment. So a lot of, um, a lot of what we've seen with individuals, you know, the, the effects of the opioid epidemic, um, it, a lot of individuals were, you know, dropping out of high school early or not um, pursuing higher education. Maybe they came from broken families. Um, maybe they, you know, are just stuck in that generational cycle of poverty and things like that. Um, so sometimes it are, it's, they, there's outside factors um, that are going to help or prevent, you know, uh, an addiction from occurring. Wow, Lily, that was amazing. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. There are definitely, definitely situational factors that can put you at more risk or less of a risk of developing substance use and misuse disorders. So do you think what we're doing basically is needed. Like, especially on our Concord campus, like, do you think there not necessarily is a problem, but do you, I personally have seen an increase in substance use, like um, vaping products and tobacco, especially here. And we're trying to combat that, but what about other substances? Do you think um, prevention of all types is warranted on Concord's campus? I think so, yes. I feel like for it to be um, like more genuine and for students to um, be receptive to it, it does need to be like a widespread. You can, of course, take moments to um, or like special events to target um, like certain substances or certain areas of prevention and recovery. But I feel like, you know, on a college campus, it may be better to just say like, let's address everything. Cause a lot of students, you know, they're young, they're, they're trying to figure out how to be independent. They're heavily influenced by peers. And whereas, you know, it might just start um, with vaping 
and other nicotine products. Um, it, I feel like this is a time um, in our lives and in just in this age range, this demographic, you're going to find yourself introduced to other substances. So I feel like definitely the educational component needs to address all. Um, so as a Concord, um, you know, alumni, I did live on campus for four years. So I'll agree with you, um, Madison, you definitely do see students, you know, like openly vaping using nicotine products. But then of course, uh, we are aware of like what's happening after hours on campus. So we do know that, you know, students find themselves participating in underage drinking. We do know that students, you know, find themselves, um, you know, smoking marijuana, attempting to use it recreationally. Um, and then, of course, other substances that maybe just aren't discussed as much, but uh, we all can hear hear things. Of course, it's a college campus for young adults. So I feel like um, for students to really accept, you know, what the the stance we're taking, we would need to address it all. I feel like this is such a sensitive time when, you know, students are, you know, either mature enough to say, like, I I will acknowledge, you know, the harmful risks of using substances, or a lot of students may are just still stuck. Um, I don't want to say stuck. A lot of students may just still find themselves in a position where it all just seems um, alluring and attractive and new and exciting at this point. But that is where um, I love to come in with the educational component and say, like, yes, you are finding yourself, you know, and enjoying your college experience. But what does it really mean when you're underage drinking seven days a week? So, you know, the American media has presented college as, you know, the partying on Saturday and, and Sunday nights, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. Um which, you know, may even be looked over. But like I said, it's when you're, you know, you're still 17, you're still 18, you're still 19, you're getting drunk every night of the week. Um, and you're still, and you don't realize that if you keep doing that the next four years, the next three years, you are, by the time you graduate, you're going to have a full-blown addiction or you're going to be in full-blown recovery. Hopefully, if we can get those resources to you. So a lot of students, you know, they don't realize how important these these years are. And I do talk a lot, Madison, so I'm sorry, but I'd love to throw in that a lot of students don't even get diagnosed with their first, um, like their first mental health disorder until tw age 24. So, um, but of course, we always have symptoms and things like that leading up to that diagnosis. However, if you, you know, you're, you're 20 years old, you're drinking every night, and, you know, you may be experiencing some depression, some anxiety, um, but you're just talking it up to the after effects of, you know, your lifestyle at the moment. Um, they just it goes hand in hand at that time of partying and um, the developing of mental health disorders that a lot of students may just not be aware of. I agree, Lily. Sometimes, you know, you're in college. You The whole point of college is try to find yourself and find your future career and see what you want to do for the rest of your life. And a lot of that involves experimentation, which is mainly portrayed in the media and stuff. But um as for the Concord campus, I don't know about you, but um, personally, I don't think there's a lot to do around here in Athens. There's mainly um, just food. There's very limited sources of food and anywhere else you'll have to, well, if you want to do anything else, I should rephrase that. Uh, you'll have to drive to either Princeton or Beckley or Christiansburg just to find something else to do. So I think lack of entertainment or lack of activity also contributes to the substance misuse and the development of substance misuse disorders 
because quite frankly, college kids get bored. We have a very short attention span. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, Madison. And really, um, again, as a social worker, um, I, and now in my graduate program, we are focusing on, you know, like not only how rural social work impacts clients, but practitioners as well. And that can be applied to, you know, Concord University being nestled in the heart of, you know, Southern West Virginia up even on a Kirby Mountain Road. So um, like you said, yes, there, the town of Athens itself offers, you know, um, like two or three restaurants. And then, like you said, students have to commute to other forms of entertainment. So there is um, like a lack of entertainment on campus. However, I feel like, you know, with programs like the, well, like the recovery program, um, with our new student organization that you're a member of, the CU Prevention and Recovery Organization, uh, we have already, you know, identified this need that there's time on campus where students, you know, are bored and they may be finding themselves with two options, um, stay in and be bored or go out to a bar when maybe they don't want to do that. And of course, we're in a pandemic. So, you know, we've already taken the steps to plan like late night or evening events, giving students an opportunity to participate in a safe and sober environment. Um, and hopefully with, you know, your help, definitely um, we can make, we can start to fill that need and make it like a regular thing where students know there's a place they can go after hours on campus and enjoy themselves um, without having, you know, to deal with peer pressure, um, safety concerns, anything like that. Yes, and I would just like to give a quick shout out. The CU Prevention and Recovery Organization is going to throw a Halloween costume party on October 29th from 8.30 to 10.30 p.m. And there's going to be prizes and we're raffling off a basket. So for any of you Concord listeners, we're going to be selling raffle tickets in the Student Center. So if you want to come by and buy some of those, we'd really appreciate it. And we hope to see you there. So. Moving on from that little spiel about the recovery organization, um, do you think, Lily, having worked in the counseling center and being the main part of the social work here, do you think there is enough prevention resources available to college students on Concord's campus, or do you think there should be more? Um, that is a great question, Madison, and I feel like we do have like amazing resources on Concord's campus. However, I feel that students, you know, either one are not aware of like how to access them or two students feel maybe um, like intimidated or embarrassed, or again, like I was, you know, trying, I may have not completely grasped what I was trying to say earlier, but then of course three students may, you know, may not even realize that what they are experiencing is a substance use disorder, is an addiction. Um, so I feel like we do have the resources there, um, but what I would like to see and like to see our student organization do is help build a better connection between the resources and students. Um, because, you know, we just have to admit that students are not always, you know, reading student emails, students are not always, you know, checking the flyers. Um, Really, I feel like if it's, you know, not like announced directly by a professor or if a, a coach or, you know, if we don't get it out on social media, then students aren't going to know that they can utilize those resources. So 
Um, that is what I've really been excited about having, um, you know, a new student organization. And then, of course, you ha- you with this position on being on campus, um, hopefully we, I don't want to say relatable, but just like more welcoming. We I feel like we just need to make the resources more welcoming to students. And whereas it may seem like, you know, well, we've posted the flyers, we've sent the emails. Um, I just feel like I, I'm still hoping to find like find a better way to get students, you know, comfortable um, and open to listening to this information. I've been giving presentations to University 100 courses across campus. And so when I go, I'm like jokingly urging students not to look at me as um, like, say, their ninth grade health teacher. Because like I, I am only 22. I did just graduate. I'm still a Concord student. You know, I'm doing a master's program. So um, but I feel like a lot of times when students are presented with, you know, prevention, information, things like that, they automatically want to shut down. They want to say, like, I've heard this before. I've been told drugs are bad. You know, what are they, they're going to say this to me, but what else is there to do on Friday night? So what I'm hoping that we can really, you know, get, you know, is just a, a better way to say, like, listen, we understand um, if you do find yourself using these substances, we're here to help. When you do find yourself using these substances, we're here to help. If you see your friend, if you see your teammate. Um, so really, I just feel like, finding a better way to connect with students because we do already have amazing resources on Concord's campus. I agree. Sometimes it's definitely hard to engage with students because there's there seems to be a lack of communication. I think we just receive so many emails from so many different organizations that sometimes students just assume it's 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 something else. It's spam. Like, I don't really need to know this, but they miss out on such awesome opportunities to participate in stuff and like make a change on Concord's campus. And hopefully we can get reach them in um, the communication aspect <laughs> and um, help them become more aware of stuff. Now, granted, it is their choice if they want to come and participate. But I think a lot of students are just There's a lack of communication. They just don't know (laughs) that stuff is going on. And then they'll just be walking by and they're like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. And maybe that's just the best way for us to reach out to Concord students. Just set up a table and then as they pass by, just tell them. That just seems to have worked with us, for us. (laughs) What do you think, Lily? I agree, yes. Well, um, So if listeners um, aren't familiar, Madison and I, um, through the CU Prevention and Recovery Organization, we hosted um, for to celebrate National Online Recovery Day, we hosted a sober station. So we had um, mocktails, alcohol-friendly cocktails available to students. And um, a lot of students were just passing by, but then if we could catch a student's eye or if we could get their attention and get them over to the table, then they were they were excited to try the fact that we had a drink and they they wanted to take the recipe home with them. Um, and again, I was, you know, this is my fifth year um, being at Concord and I've never seen that offered before. And I think, you know, it's just finding the right, you know, the right event, the right, the right way to give our message that, you know, and a lot of students may not realize how important it is to be an ally to someone in recovery. So, you know, you may already be, you know, 21, the, the legal age to drink, but, you know, maybe your teammate is still, a lot of your teammates are still 17, 18, 19. So, um, you know, if you invite them to your Halloween party, if you invite them to, you know, a movie night, 
um, you know, don't only have, you know, alcoholic drinks available, putting them in a position where they have to choose, you know, do I go without, do I participate? So, you know, you, you offer a mocktail, you offer an alcohol, you know, friendly, um, an alcohol, say an alcohol free, sober, friendly drink. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and that just, that makes your guest more comfortable. That makes you more comfortable. And then of course, again, you know, offering a mocktail or, you know, a substitute, I feel like um, it could be argued that that makes your event safer. Um, then, you know, people are more likely to get home safer. Um, just a, a lot of things that could, you know, happen when someone's under the influence. Um, I feel like that helps eradicate that, you know, it helps prevent things like that from happening. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially where we live on the side of a mountain and there's a bunch of curvy roads that does not mix well at all with um, intoxicated driving or um, <laughs> substance use driving. It does not mix well at all. It is extremely dangerous. Nobody should do it. It's not good. <laughs> so, Lily, can you give us a brief, brief summary of for the Concord students who don't know of all the prevention resources we actually have on campus, can you give them a brief, just like real quick list of what all we have to offer? Yes. Okay. And so I'm going to hope I don't miss anything. So uh, we're going to start with um, one of my supervisors and Madison uh, works closely, closely with him as well. So Brandon Whitehouse is um, the recovery coach at Concord currently. So um, if a student were to identify that they were in recovery, uh, they could reach out to Brandon and then um, they're going to set up weekly, bi-weekly, you know, monthly meetings um, for free. And Brandon is going to be able to coach such student through their recovery. Or, of course, say a student listens to this podcast, a student, you know, is in a class when we give a presentation, a student comes to our Halloween party um, and they, you know, they get that educational component and they realize like, well, I don't think I, I'm in, I don't think I have an addiction yet and need to go in recovery, but I think I need those preventative factors. So Brandon can coach you, you know, through the harm reduction and things like that. So of course, Brandon is a great resource. Um, we now, like I said, have the student organization, the CU Prevention and Recovery Organization. You can reach out to our student organization for, again, the educational component, peer support, um, the student members, our student members are allies to those in recovery. Our student members are allies to those coming from uh, drug addicted families. Um, and then of course the counseling center on campus, um, our, you know, our full-time counselor, Marie Newcomb Richmond has over 43 years of clinical experience, um, has, you know, has experience addressing substance use within clients. So um, a student could, easily be referred to the counseling center or come voluntarily. Um, and then I may be missing something, Madison, but I feel like that is like our, our main will of prevention. Um, I agree with you, Lily. Those are our three main aspects of prevention on this campus. Um, but definitely, if there's any Concord students listening, you all should go check out the mindfulness room in the counseling center. It is so relaxing and peaceful and it's just a good way to de-stress like after a hard class or an exam, or if you're just worried about life, you can go to the counseling center in the mindfulness room and just relax for a few. So definitely want to promote that. <laughs> it's helped me through a lot of tests. And 
Next part is just going over a little bit of what CSPF is or the Collegiate Strategic Prevention Framework Partnership for Success Program. So I know it's a big, long title and you're just like, oh my gosh, what do all those fancy words mean? So basically this program, its goal is to enhance prevention infrastructure and build capacity among higher education institutions in West Virginia. So in order to prevent the onset and reduce the progression of alcohol, tobacco and vaping, marijuana, and prescription drug misuse and its related problems among higher education students. So anyone 18 or older. So that's CSPF and I'm a part of CSPF. I'm the Concord student leader. So if you all have any questions, feel free to come to me. Um, but the overall goal of like our recovery organization that me and Lily started is just a group to increase awareness about um, substance use and misuse on the college campuses promoting pro-social behaviors and helping anyone in long-term recovery that feels needs support or just has decided they want to take that next step. So Lily, do you have anything else to add about our, our little baby, our CU Prevention Recovery? Um, I feel like you summarized it pretty well, uh, but yes, our, you know, our student organization is new. This is its first semester existing on Concord's campus. Um, however, we're really hoping um, that it can, um, you know, remain active for many, you know, semesters to follow. Um, I want to thank you for inviting me to be your co-host today, Madison. But yeah, I want um, the community and Concord students to um, just to look out for our our Halloween party and, you know, other events and resources that our organization can provide for free. <laughs> yes, that's the main part. It's free, guys. You don't even have to pay for it. You just have to show up. It's great. It is so great. So just one last thing before we wrap up. I just wanted to have a public eye on prevention. So I just wanted to highlight a prevention partner, resource, toolkit, podcast. So basically, it works best when you collaborate with other organizations. So today's public eye on prevention is the Concord Brandon Whitehouse, actually, the Collegiate Recovery Coach for West Virginia's Collegiate Recovery Network. So good job, Brandon. You're doing a great job. And we thank you so much for all you do. So thank you guys for spending some time with us today. We'd also like to thank Lily for being part of the podcast. Thank you so much, Lily, and helping cultivate prevention. So guys, please join us on October 27th for our next episode of The Change We Seek, a podcast from a prevention perspective. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. And please visit our Facebook page, Instagram page, and our website at www.muprevention.org to learn more about the CSPF PFS initiative and upcoming events and activities happening on your campus. Learn how you can help us to support, enhance, and build the collegiate prevention infrastructure. Again, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are only those of the hosts and guests. They are not the views and opinions of SAMHSA, Marshall University Research Corporation, the West Virginia Collegiate Strategic Prevention Framework Partnership for Success, and or the Participating Institute of Higher Education. Our track is by SoundRoll, and the title is Feeling Home. Thank you.